survivors and welcome to Shirts and Skins, a Cockney podcast by Resident Evil fans for Resident Evil fans. Why Shirts and Skins? Well, Shirts and Skins, bottles and tins, bottles and tins, pins and needles, pins and needles, needle in hay, needle in hay, first aid spray. This is First Aid Spray bonus episode 3 and in this edition we'll be focusing on the 2012 comedy film Cockneys vs Zombies. My name is Cyniac, you can just call me Cy and joining me on the panel this week Take a butcher's hook at this! Oh my god, it's Boy Wonder Adam Russell Reeves. You're a flipping genius. <laughs> that was you... majestic. <laughs> Thank you. This is the, the highlight of the show for me, just doing the stupid stuff at the beginning. Yes, it is. You're almost a dual Reg Varney. It's Firebutton Steve Valance. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> The subject of this bonus episode, like all others, was voted on by our Patreon backers. Support the show now to not only keep us afloat, but also to create new content, select what that content is, and hear it before everyone else. Tears begin at $1 a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash FA Spray Pod for the full breakdown. So, rolling right into this one, you guys voted on our versus zombies poll for Cockneys versus zombies, went up against uh, Bigfoot versus zombies, which got no votes. And Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies, which it won out against by a solid 20-something percent or so. Uh, so, we have watched the film. We're going to talk about it now. As I previously said, it was released in 2012. Uh, we always talk about Rotten Tomatoes and, and that kind of thing when we do the Resi films. So, again, accurately to put it here, it's a 76% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is much higher than any Resident Evil film. Shock. Um, and obviously this film was made in the wake of the versus zombie films that all kind of came out around the same time. Um, I, see, I thought originally, oh, it's off the back of sort of like Shaun of the Dead kind of brought back, uh, zombies in a, maybe not zombies in a comedy way, but comedies that happened to feature zombies uh, and loads of films sort of springboarded off of it. But Shaun of the Dead was 2004, so this is a good eight years later, um... So I don't know what to make of that one, just to start off with. Do you guys feel like this came really late, considering the sort of popularity of what was going on? Or Well, was just as you were, as you were uh, looking up that information, I had a quick Google myself, and smack in between these uh, two paragons, these, these mountains of media, you know, Shaun of the Dead and what's the film again? Puppies versus zombies. zombies. <laughs> right, yeah. There is Dead Set in 2008, which is also a ah. British horror comedy zombie. I mean, it's a TV show. Well, right, that's true. Right in the middle. That's true. Very yeah. good as well. That, that, I that remember gets that the being very competent. You don't remember it getting competent. I, I remember Dead Set being very competent. Oh, right, yeah. I was going to say, I, I remember enjoying it when it was on. It's not something I've ever yeah. gone back to, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a cool idea for sure. Um, perhaps it's just kind of a sustained interest until, you know, the point where we've all gotten a bit zombie well, like I say, we all got zombie fatigue, but then The Walking Dead came out shortly after this, and, you know, it's just gone on and on and on and on and on. Nonetheless, uh, we're not here to talk about Walking Dead. We're here to talk about what's the name of the film, Cockneys vs. Zombies. <laughs> 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 not really totally sure where to start with this one, so set up for the film's story, I suppose we'll talk about the story first, um, is that uh, a couple of builders on a site in East End London discovered the tomb of Charles II, uh, and inside there is a shambling corpse. Uh, zombie infection begins to spread. Meanwhile, uh, two brothers are attempting to rob a bank in order to raise funds for a retirement home that their former gangster, we can assume, granddad, uh, resides in, which is kind of due for demolition. It's kind of a, a tired trope. The whole, you know, we've got to save the city town centre thing uh, from the evil... Uh, government that want to knock it down and put some flats there instead and, and all that business. But I felt personally like, you know, in terms of a setup for this film, all that kind of worked for me. Um, they didn't... I guess it's kind of a nice, different sort of way to set up zombies rather than viral infection or... It's even not even really cursed. It's just we discovered one zombie that's been in a tomb this entire time. Um, so in terms of sort of the opening couple of minutes... I was a fan of that. Uh, Adam, how did you feel about the film's opening? I love that zombie, that that little skeleton man. I wish <laughs> he was in it more. He was awesome. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll start off with, like, my overall impression, and that was, like, 
I was so terrified going into this film that it was going to be so bad that I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, it was, um, I thought the story was competent. You know, it, it was obviously not trying to do anything major. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was an enjoyable little romp. Um, there wasn't really much story to it. You know, it was, it is what it is. But I, li- I liked the fact that there was like a weird tomb in East London somehow. Um, <laughs> it did set the uh, film up quite right, I feel, feel like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think all all the money went on that special effect shot of the guy's like jaw being like bit off. Because <laughs> I don't remember too much outside of like gunplay that was super special effecty after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I say, I thought it was competent and I, I can't, say how much I love the weird little skeleton zombie guy. <laughs> he was so cute. He looked so cute. And to be fair, it's funny because I did that thing where I'm, I'm sure many people are like me in this in where I won't put something on until I've got my food in front of me sort of thing or vice versa. If I've got my food in front of me, I've got, you know, time to push play. So watching that guy get his like front lobes of <laughs> like his whole bottom <laughs> lip ripped off while I'm sitting there eating stew, was uh, yeah, that was a, that was a moment. Um, Steve, <laughs> how do you feel about the sort of opening moments of this film? I like, as you said about the setup, with the whole, it felt very Turner classic movie with the whole mm. we've got to save the you know save the old folks home and all that lot like malarkey, or something like from a English soap opera EastEnders, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably going to get mentioned at least once. Right. Uh, the the actual concept of it being a Ancient plague actually was probably the one thing that like made me get like look up and go. This might actually have something interesting going on, mm. as opposed to the usual. Here is this space comet that makes zombies magic or a virus. Mm-hmm. You know it, that that was interesting itself. As for the special effects, I think those first. I mean, most of them are practical at the start, aren't they? Um, yeah, I think not, not all CGI stuff. I mean, obviously the CGI is like Adam said, mostly for the guns later. But overall, I I wasn't at the point where I'm writing the movie off. If that helps, yeah. Like, yeah. like my general, the, the the opening and setup was okay. If a little bit like tortoise paced, you know. Right. But I, I guess that's how these films go. I've never watched a with zombies film before or versus zombies film. Yeah, same. <laughs> right. We had no idea what to expect. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I also went in with sort of like fairly low expectations. So the beginning here, I was yeah decently surprised, especially because it follows on like from that. You've got the like animated opening um with all the actors and stuff and uh, yeah the, the I, automatics monster over the top i thought that was really classy i was like oh is there a budget to this like, <laughs> I was re- honest, like that was more than i was even expecting. right so for sure i was expecting like um just a gang of like danny dyer-esque like bloody hell you mug the whole time <laughs> and it wasn't it was bad in that respect but it wasn't it wasn't too bad I mean, I did think so, like, a fair amount into the movie. I was starting to think maybe we should make a drinking game out of this and, you know, take take a sip for every mug or Muppet, you know. Uh, there was quite a lot of that going on. Um, so, yeah, after, after you sort of get your first taste of the zombies, uh, Steve, you mentioned it does slow down a bit. You've got to get a lot of plot set up and, and character stuff, um, setting up the, the two brothers and their, their sort of criminal friends, and they're going to go and rob a bank, like I said. Um I actually, <laughs> I was actually sort of having a conversation with my other half while watching this about what was going to happen to them. And we weren't even really talking about the zombie apocalypse that was obviously going to come and uh, change the entire course of the film. We were just kind of watching it how it was. So I guess it engaged me enough to care about the characters a little bit. Um, yeah, it was. I thought like the setting of it was quite well done. It really did feel a little bit like East End London, a bit stereotypical, of course, but it did feel like London. It felt like uh, sort of just things going on about their normal business. That it was all obviously going to get shattered. Um, and I kind of like the fact that the sort of zombie takeover happens pretty much out of sight for the most part, and then suddenly it's there. That was pretty cool. Uh, when the guys all get uh, holed up in a bank, um, and then it was all going on outside. Although it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that they don't hear any of it going on outside, and they don't tell you how long they're in the bank for, because they step out the door, and there's just stuff everywhere. That's <laughs> that just makes East no London. Sense. That's East London. That's not... That Maybe so. Before. 
Yeah, perhaps. There's more to Raccoon City in 60 seconds, surely. Like... <laughs> yeah, it is hilarious how, like, they go outside and something like this. There's trash everywhere. And again, I know it's East London, so it's, it's close <laughs> to anyway, But, uh, you know, it's it's funny how, like, it's just like a whirlwind of devastation, like, has passed through. Mm. How oh, do you guys? Uh, so, so leading. Let's talk about leading up to the zombie apocalypse before the plot actually takes over. Uh, Steve, you mentioned it felt a bit slow. Uh, how did you feel about the whole sort of? I guess it's, you could call it the first act, sort of up until the zombies really start to show up. So the characters that you're uh, uh, introduced to and and what's going on in their lives. Well, at parts it felt like a daytime TV soap opera. Not gonna lie, when they were talking to just characters and setting things up, then you have this like random Shaun the Dead esque like cutty cutaway moments. Mm. Uh, that were very uh, yeah. Well, I say I say Shaun sure of the Dead more like spaced itself rather mm. than Shaun sure of the Dead, and they they were okay, but it felt like it was taking two years to like go ten minutes. It, like not a lot was happening. You'd have characters that would stand there talk to each other five minutes, and then another character would show up, act a bit crazy because he's got a metal plate in his head, and then they'd go to another person who is uh, cousin, I think. Uh, I, I can't remember the character's name. Yeah, uh, and then Katie. Katie, okay. And then they'd, they'd bicker for five minutes. Mm. Then we'd cut away to the old folks' home. They'd it bicker just, for five minutes. It would just and, be classic, like, Cockney tropes. Like, you you idiot. You know. You what? mag. Yeah. You mag. Apples oh, and well, pears. Apples yeah. and pears. Yeah. And like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> says the Midlander. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was just like, when is it, anything going to happen? And then, then the bank robbery starts. And it goes from being this episode of EastEnders gone wrong to what appears to be the start of like a British gangster film, which I guess is what they were trying to do overall. Mm-hmm. And then zombies. And then zombies I, suddenly. Yeah. I, I know it's not the most like eloquent. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no film study student. I did but, media studies. I mean, that's not, that's not <laughs> inaccurate. And, and then zombies is, is, is what happens. Uh, you know? I mean, the actual heist itself, I did like how it, even before they think they've gone wrong, they've already been clocked and stuff like that with yeah. the actual manager hitting the desk. Although she seems to just disappear from the film. <laughs> uh, is it? Is it just me? Did, did she die and I didn't see it? Or, like, you know what I mean, right? She just stayed in the bank, I think. Yeah, I think right. she just stayed in the bank. I mean, there's a lot of characters in this that are just suddenly... They don't serve any purpose. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, let's get... I mean, to be honest, the sort of... I... I don't even know if you call her a love interest, but the blonde girl just didn't need to be in the film at all, did she, really? Oh, God. And I, I expected she was going to be a love interest with, like, the smaller brother, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the way it looked like it was going. But they they probably just cut those scenes out. Yeah, but they, they kept that heartfelt, tragic moment that's completely against the tone of the film. Right, it doesn't go anywhere, either. This, yeah, this no. film's... Anytime anyone had to, to act, this film struggled. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that I... Oh, sorry, I was just like I did. Um, I didn't realize this film came out in 2012 when I first watched it. I had to go mm. back and find that out because the lad from uh, the the older I want to say the older brother uh, is in Star Trek Picard, and he looks like he hasn't aged in eight years. <laughs> like I, I was very impressed at that boy's resistance to his genes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I can say on that front. I just. Uh... You you also hit on something else that you were talking about, sort of like the flashbacks and stuff, and it felt like everything was going one minute at a time rather than really picking up pace. And I think, and we're probably, it's very easy to compare this film to Shaun of the Dead, right? And it's not fair yes, on it because yeah. Shaun of the Dead is, you know, one of the greatest. Uh, but the difference between it is, is that it doesn't contain every single second of gold, you know, they don't use every minute wisely. And that's what you're saying. They're all having, uh, just regular, normal conversations. And you are just sort of like, okay, get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. Whereas I feel like films like Shaun of the Dead, they're using every frame to do something, tell a joke, uh, bring a character forward slightly. Whereas, yeah, you've got entire arcs like the blonde girl, which are just meaningless for one thing. I think it's just a director that, doesn't really know how to direct. Yeah, without, know, without being brutal. Be rude. Without being brutal. No, you know, I know because it's it's a serviceable film, but like there is a school of direction where you don't really get too much wasted time, and you understand that films don't have. For, I mean, you know, these types of films don't have for the most part 
regular conversation, you know. You don't see actors doing day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. normally, unless it's for comedic effect, which Shaun of the Dead does, like, really well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's that's what it comes down to is, uh, you know, artistic direction. Do we know of the director's other bodies of work, just out of curiosity? Um, I will look it up now. What I will I say, say is... I went in completely blind on this one. Yes, I, I tried to do filmed. the same, um, and I did a bit of an IMDb afterwards, but I didn't look at the director, so I'll look it up now. I know that when I sort of was putting stuff together for this, uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but he doesn't have his own Wikipedia page, let's put it that way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but let me see what uh, what IMDb says about the director. It's Matthias Matthias Ho Hoeney. I'm gonna say that wrong. So uh, he's not not he's still working, but it's nothing I've ever heard of. Uh, Talking more Turner Classics movies and like DVD direct to kind of things. It, it looks like that kind of thing. There's a few things here. Most of the stuff on IMDb doesn't even have like a, a picture to go with it. Let's put it that way. Um, one of them <laughs> is uh, the music video for Sabaton's Bismarck, which is a bit strange. <laughs> um, he's done a lot of commercials by the way right okay fair enough I think to be fair there's some elements there to, to pay him a kindness and we were talking about practical effects and stuff like that um, in terms of the way the film looks uh, they definitely did a pretty good job with that um, I quite there was there was a few moments like there's so many zombie films and so many things have been done that this film I'm actually surprised there was a few moments in there that I've never seen been done like that before uh, so the there, one I was gonna. I wanted to say that too. There was a couple of things that yeah. I actually really enjoyed. The one talking like effect wise, I like was uh, the zombie who had his head twisted all the way around and then pulled off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right one one eighty degrees with the head pointing backwards. I thought that was pretty funny. That was good. I really liked the like they were trying to shoot that guy in the head and he had the metal plate in his head. Yes, that was really clever. Like, and they did an awesome Resident Evil on him where they put a grenade in him. <laughs> that's true. I'm actually like, that's one of the things where, if we're relating this film to Shaun of the Dead, in the same way, they kind of, they, they put that hint in there early. You know, they, they showed him headbutting a car and they explained that he's got a steel paint in his head. And we were just like, oh, okay, he's going to start headbutting zombies. We didn't even think about the fact that, yeah, it just means you can't actually damage his brain. Which is, yeah, again, that's quite clever and original, I think. I mean, it would be a very large and unwieldy metal head plate. It does, they don't normally work like that. No, of course. Film. For yeah. the film, fantastic. Mm. And the other thing I really <laughs> liked was when they were <clears throat> trying to get out of that pointless one girl's sister's house and the zombie football hooligans all had a fight. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was so good. Like, I, I actually laughed out loud at that point. I don't know if it's because I was too tired, but it was it was funny to me. There's a obviously a film like Cockneys vs Zombies, and we're talking about them using all the rhyming slang and stuff. They have to uh, go do some Englishisms. I th- I thought that the big red bus made me laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, all getting in the big red double decker. Um, but the zombie footballers was a bit too silly on me. I just think it's a line yeah, where I mean, it's like, it was I mean, it, of course. Just... I think with, personally for me though, I just I I don't want to keep going in Shaun of the Dead, but like the zombies being silly in that film is a very subtle thing. The one in right, this film right. that they got really good was um, the sort of building foreman or whatever he was still had a clipboard when he came back as a zombie. That's small and, and funny. I don't right, like seeing yeah, zombies like doing stupid gag. things. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's just it just made me laugh. Oh, that's dumb as hell. Steve, any particular standout zombie-related moments for you? I really like the fact they made them seem crap and made the point of them being crap. Like the characters know they're a bit rubbish as right. zombies aren't too much of a threat. They like you know like, they're so slow and dumb like, uh, as if they could just outmaneuver them. And they still obviously get the, you know. They come mm. up and assuming that these shambling corpses of the undead are not to be trifled with, but they still kind of come across as goofy and fun, like Shaun of the Dead, reference number seven hundred and seventy-six. But they are the same <laughs> caliber of just zombies that are goofy, mm-hmm. but, uh, which I do appreciate. I feel appreciate. like they were still terrifying in Shaun of the Dead, though. Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, the football the hooligan zombie in that that kicks balls at Simon Pegg and all the rest of it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> But there was still like a level of like 
scariness to the, those zombies, whereas this one wasn't scary. Let's let's give a minute to respect that chase scene as well with the guy in the walker. Right, that's amazing. <laughs> that's my favorite moment of the whole film, easily. <laughs> like from Dad's Army, the actor. I'm sure it is. I don't like, know. I'm not uh, sure about right. that one. Another no, Britishism there, everybody. Mm. That Dad's Army was a sitcom from the seventies. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. he's a very old actor now. Yeah. Um, uh, if so, this is. I know that actor. This is his last credit because uh, he passed away shortly after. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah. So this is a one hell of a way to stamp out your career. But let's be honest. That's such a good moment. I can't believe I've never seen that in a film. Uh, an OAP on a Zimmer frame being chased by a zombie and they're moving exactly the same speed. I just <laughs> think it was great. so funny. <laughs> See, that's an example of it being silly without sort of, yeah, reducing the zombies' threat. Not that they were particularly threatening in this at times either, really, compared to Shaun of the Dead. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I thought it was, that was very well done. Um, in terms of the cast, I know we're all over the place, and that's just the way it's going to go. Uh, in terms of the cast, though, you're talking about uh, that. Uh, Honor Blackman is in this film. It's her last appearance as well. Um, she plays the female OAP sort of love interest for the two boys' granddad. Uh, love most famous, interest, quote unquote. Right. Uh, most famous for playing Pussy Galore in the Bond films. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. That was her, obviously, amongst all the rest of the cast. You mentioned one of the brothers is in Star Trek Picard now, and he also is in Penny Dreadful since, so that's good for him. And the other brother has gone on to vo provide voiceover for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and the lead character of Dragon Quest XI, as it turns out. Oh! <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> obviously, like making gangbusters. The two, probably the two uh, most recognisable actors in it. Uh, depending on where you're coming from. Michelle Ryan plays the cousin. She was from EastEnders. EastEnders, so very, right, Very, yeah. obviously, ingrained in that sort of East End spirit that the film's going for. And Alan Ford, as the granddad, uh, starred in films like Lock, Stock and Snatch. I think the role was basically written for him, or or when he, you know, was it handed it, he was like, this has been written for me, you know. Um, it, it probably came off the back of Snatch. Right, yeah, basically. And there's a lot of that, sort of that DNA in there, especially in that yeah. early stuff we were talking about where it's trying to be a gangster film. Even some of the sort of, like, cutaway sort of gags kind of reminded me of that sort of humour. Like, the guy putting the gun on the counter um, and having it swiped off him by the store clerk kind of reminded me of those sort of films. Um, yeah, yeah. So talking about the, the cast of it before we move on, um, any particular shout-outs of greatness or terribleness? Steve, anyone stand out to you in this one? Uh, standouts acting-wise, I kind of wish Grandad had more scenes and was more the central character. Because mm -hmm. every time he was on screen, I was actually invested and interested. Yeah. Like, with, with the, uh, the, the young ne'er-do-wells, I kind of got bored after they were in that shed warehouse place. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for Granddad, he spends what most of it locked up in a kitchen. Like, yeah, there was really enough for him to do. Yeah, it, it, obviously, like probably the, the veteran hard man from all these gangster films. Yeah, let's lock him in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good plan. Right, uh, the only other thing to, to to counterbalance that the I'm not one for special effects. I'm not mad like going they're good, they're bad, but. The guns looked like they were from some kind of YouTube video, the way they were doing it. <laughs> there was no recall. It was just flashes. Right, right. I'm like, I've some seen Freddie Wong and some stuff of like people on YouTube do better than that. Yeah, Some of them had recall when the actor did an obvious... Like, that was what I wanted to bring up, the horrible, like, shot... Like, the way they would have, like, jerk their arms around. Like, <laughs> obviously being told, like, that, that gun's got recall. Whereas yeah. this, like machine gun apparently doesn't have any recoil <laughs> because your arms don't even shake when you fire it. Yeah. Like the kid with the shotgun, um, like the older brother maybe, the bigger guy, was super overselling his shotgun blast. Um, but then like Michelle Ryan was just like gunning zombies down with no recoil on any gun whatsoever. She apparently wasn't up to the acting task. No, I guess not. I also noticed a fair, decent, well, too often, I should say, that it seemed like the guns are going off with zero muzzle flare, just nothing. Like there was yeah. gunshot noises, <laughs> yeah. but there's nothing happening there. 
I mean, we're spoiled with the flashy RE engine video game stuff, but come on, it's not hard to do. <laughs> yeah, this is this like gunshots have been special effects forever. Right, exactly. It's it's one oh one, right? Right. I guess they couldn't afford blanks and thought they would literally fix it in post, and it just looks terrible. Yeah, it's not great. Like at the end when they're running away from the zombies and it's super tense, and then in like a minute later they've gunned them all down. It's like, why don't you just do that first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, any characters for you, Adam, that you particularly loved or hated? Yeah, the little skeleton zombie at the beginning. <laughs> I was hoping that it would end with like him being on the boat, like it doing like a little, you know, like. But yeah, clever enough for that. He should have had his little, his funny little skeleton body somewhere. Um, the girl, the blonde girl, was just a horrendous actress. I'll start with the bad. She she just couldn't sell anything to me. She she was very wooden, but I liked um, the guy with a plate in his head. He. You know, he was chewing up the scenery a bit, and, and in a movie mm. like this, I enjoy that. In a in when I'm watching something like this, it gives I need some crazy characters to right, yeah, stop it being so dull. Um, and again, yeah, the the granddad was great. Alan Ford, he did a good job. You know, I mean, it's exactly the same character from like Snatch, basically. Uh, you know, ultra Cockney granddad, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those were my standouts. Other than that, it was fine. Yeah, I I agree. Um, after the crazy Mickey, mental Mickey, or whatever his name was, uh, died, the film sort of lost some edge. You know, it yeah. sort of lost its way a bit. And you know, I like the idea of Alan Ford's character. You know, uh, saving all these pensioners and stuff, and sort of buckling down in the kitchen a little bit. But it was just too many characters to care about. Like the, after a certain point, it was like okay. I only really care about X, Y, and Z. The rest is sort of fluff at this point. Yeah. Um, so that, that you know that that's 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 I diff- I feel like that's probably quite difficult to write characters in a situation whilst you're trying to move the story along like this in in a threatening zombie apocalypse kind of you know now we're we're location jumping to have character insights. Um, and moments happen on the move is a bit trickier. Um, that's what the beginning was for. Uh, but yeah, there's just too many characters to make it work, unfortunately. Um, I don't even know where to go from here at this point. I mean, we've got well, to the, the zombie parts. Yeah, take it away, Steve. Well, <clears throat> not to throw the car- not to throw everything under the bus, okay, and be completely cruel. But there are way, as we said, there's too many characters, and a lot of them seem to exist only for like a one note joke, and then they're just mm. there for the rest of the movie because they are. And unfortunately, this falls into, like, you've got the bank manager who might as well be, like, Arnold Rimmer's cousin. Uh, you've got, you, and then you've got the, the chap with a prosthetic leg. You've got the chap with the Zimmer frame. And then the man who's in a wheelchair. Right. And that, that seems a bit unfair to, you know, differently abled folk. Like, that just seems like, oh, yeah, all these people are, like, got disabilities. Let's mark them. Or, oh, look, he has a prosthetic leg. How is that a boon? Well, it turns out he can pummel a zombie to death with it. Like, <laughs> otherwise they have like next to no line or mm. they do nothing Those, like, the three older characters mm-hmm. that you mentioned there could have been one character yeah there's or the one not in the film older, <laughs> there's the one older lady who seemingly is just in it to like flirt with one of the younger guys and oh that's awkward yeah right and she, she, the, she does nothing I mean she literally does nothing in that whole thing she like flirts twice, once at the beginning yeah. and once at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once right at the beginning and then at the boat on the end. And other than that, she's just along for the ride. Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. And the other character, the, the bank manager character that you mentioned, Steve, was... Uh... Clive. Clive, Is that right. what his name was? Yeah, it was. I, I, I watched it last night. Yeah. I like to go into these things fresh, so... Um, he... He mentioned having like a heart problem, which which went absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, that was like a joke. Right. And then um, he he basically just, he gets one scene sort of where they're locked up in the warehouse and he's sort of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm making a mental note of all of this. And the whole thing with him and, and blonde girl hostage whose name, I don't know, I don't care. Um, it just very much felt like a bit like David and Die in Shaun of the Dead. 
Like, oh, he's the yeah, yeah, the guy right. that's sort of like, you know, this isn't the way we should be doing yeah, things, and he's whinging about the leads. Yeah, because them having a backstory as well. Right, exactly. Because they were, she was like, Clive, don't, you idiot. Like, and she was, when they went into the bank, she was giving him grief about saying, because they knew each other. And that was like, what was the point of that? It was just... <laughs> Right, and the their insistence on like going to the police when clearly it's gone down. <laughs> it's a bit friend. too late for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, but to compare to Shaun of the Dead seems unfair because I'd sooner watch an entire film of David and Die doing bugger all than have these <laughs> characters. And David and Die don't do a lot except moan. I mean, right. to be fair, Die, if you see the action after motion comics, survives by eating her partner's leg. Yes. that's grim, but also hilarious. <laughs> uh, like. They at least contributed to the film they were in a bit more. Mm. Like David has right. conflict, whereas Clive is just whinging and then goes on a rimmer and gets killed. Like, yeah. and that's the classic movie trope of not hearing zombies behind him. They do that joke. Yeah, they do that joke right. twice, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, oh, I'm not going to fall for that one. Like, was that meant to be funny that they did it twice? I just it's not the rule of comedy. Plus, at the end, like, I don't know if they ran out of budget, but him saying he has a heart problem and not having a zombie tear his heart. Yeah. Well, like, and then bite and go, ugh. Yeah, and then, and then one of them being like, now he's got a heart problem, what a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true enough, true enough. Just, uh... uh... We're kind of all over the place, but I've just remembered something that I thought, another thing that I actually, <laughs> there's been a few moments that I really enjoyed when the zombie bites Mickey and they shoot him and it blasts his head off, but the jaws are still around his arm. Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> that was one I meant to write down and totally forgot. That's something I've never seen before as well. Just like a half a face just hanging off of his arm. That was, again, cool practical effect. Um, it's there for a good few scenes afterwards as well. Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, it stayed for a while before he prized it off. Yeah. Honestly, the practical stuff is pretty decent. Um... It does, and the zombie makeup is pretty good. They don't really yeah, focus oh, on I zombies. I disagree, though. Well, really. So, some are just painted on like grey faces with a little bit of red, some are really red tomato sauce from like, corner shop. Eyeshadow, like dark eyeshadow around right. the eyes, and really obvious. And for, I get like the zombie apocalypse has just started, mm-hmm. so I guess people aren't going to be like super zombified. But yeah, it was. It, I mean, it must be tough to to get extras to really sell zombies it's yeah. a tough a tough movie role that we don't think about things like that because these are never going to be famous people normally and and you're like well you've got to be a zombie and everyone thinks that's easy but it's probably not super easy to uh to no, convey that and i think i think it was, it was walking they were serviceable there there were just a few moments like i don't know why um, especially at the old folks' home, like when they were rescuing Hamish, they did so many close-ups of zombie faces, right? Yeah, yeah, that weren't good. I was like, that's "Don't n- do that." That's you the thing. With I think it's Walking Dead uh, that they, I read this about or something. It, it was some zombie media where they kind of got like three tiers of zombies, right? Depending on how much camera focus they're going to put. If you're in the background, you don't need a whole lot of makeup or anything like that. And then right up to the top, where if you're going to have like sustained close-ups and stuff, like yeah, if a zombie's going to bite someone, the, that zombie needs right. To and some shit. of the that's probably where they went wrong with it then. Because um, uh, some of the more highlighted zombies look pretty decent. But yeah, they're, when it was a big crowd, uh, if yeah, they lingered too was, much on one, then yeah. It was funny because at the warehouse, they looked pretty decent, but mm. at the old folks' home, they didn't, which was odd. It was like a weird dynamic. It might and be the case of when the films were shot, though, and like budget yeah, maybe running low for possibly, those scenes. Possibly, for yeah. Sure. I, um, rarely in these kinds of films do I feel like I... Sp- unless it's intentional feel like I spot the same zombie twice. Um, but <laughs> so uh, in the in the old folks' home, there's a moment where... So uh, Katie gets a katana out of the shipping container. Um, of course she And she, she stabs it through the wall. Uh, and it goes through a zombie who looks... And the reason I remember is... <laughs> I said out loud, that was zombie Sherwin. Genuinely, just the gauged ears and the, sort of like the long hair and stuff. I was like, that genuinely looks like Sherwin. A bit of a beard. And then when they get to the dock, even though this zombie's been stabbed through the head by a katana, he's also part of the crowd there. Damn right he is. <laughs> zombie Sherwin always coming back. So I want to check in with Sherwin and see if they have any, like, you know, 
old acting history doing as an extra. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let I'll ask. I'll drop the picture into him. I did take a screen cap. <laughs> nice. I've been busy doing the RO3 board game right now, Sai, but yes, it turns out I was in this film. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, so very sorry. I did have a browser with Facebook. Wait for the versus Resident Evil 3, the board game. <laughs> I did have a browser with Facebook, and there's a lot of photos of him dressed up as a zombie, so I think it might be a career <laughs> thing for him. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh geez. So the only other like major note that I've got, especially in terms of like casts and stuff, um, is a, a nice cameo from. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. So the credits roll, and there's an original uh, knees up kind of Cockney tune, rock knee as they call the genre. Um, and I. <laughs> oh god. I waited through the credits to see who genuinely who it was, and it's credited as Hodges and Peacock, which is the surnames of Chaz and Dave. So. This is either a Chaz and Dave cover band or the genuine Chaz and Dave recorded a song uh, for Zombies vs. Cockneys, which seems actually genuinely likely. I could believe that. I could 100% <laughs> believe that. It really did sound like them, but I'm not an expert on sort of like Rockney, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, were, that, they that... Not, were, they, were they not the two people in the old folks home doing the song when they were all dancing before oh, was the it... invasion? Oh, like? it could have been. Ah. <laughs> Because I just thought that was Chaz and Dave. All of our American listeners... I just annoying. have no a, idea. ...a Chaz and Dave. Do you Get want on me? that Google. What's, what's a mug? <laughs> 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 right. I mean, there was a few Cockney rhyming slangs where I was like, you know, if you weren't from the UK, you'd have absolutely no idea. I am from the UK and I hardly have an idea. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I don't see them credited, unfortunately, on IMDb. So. Maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, I was just like, I mean, of all the things I could believe they would do, that would be it. Right. I mean, who Although knows? the song is called Rockney versus Zombies. <laughs> I think. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't even know. But that, that's a thing. So if it's real, well, you know, props to you for getting Chaz and Dave on your soundtrack, I guess. <laughs> what a get. In English music legends. I am surprised they didn't do a, like a sweeping pan out on the Thames with just doosh, 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 doosh. <laughs> you know, because that would have been perfect. I mean, well, you even had a lady from EastEnders on it. I kind of, when Adam mentioned Dead Set at the beginning of this, I actually kind of wondered, this would actually have been better if it was like a TV special that started off as an EastEnders episode. <laughs> and then like became... a Halloween special. Right, like House a... of Horror for the Simpsons. Yeah, it's a non-canon zombie special. <laughs> then you could get your Danny Dyer in it, right? He's in EastEnders. Or he was. Oh, Dad, Grant! They're not really zombies! <laughs> Let's go was to the Queen Vic! I mean, 2012 must have been around, like, when was Danny Dyer's heyday? When was he in, like, all the horrible British stuff. <laughs> I he still is. Um, yeah. Is he? I, I don't. I mean, I, I hate him. I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure no. to be honest. It's not my. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. But it's not but, your. I mean, Football Factory was. Yeah, Football Factory was 2004, so probably around then. Um, okay. But he was in a zombie film as well. In fact, I don't know if you guys have seen yeah, that. He was one. in a. He was in a few weird like hot Brit horror type films. Right. Yeah. That was. Uh, Around the same sort of time, actually, as it turns out. Doghouse is the zombie film he's in, 2009. Um, Was it like Dog Soldiers? No, it's... Man, we are so off topic, but that's okay, because I don't think there's any film (laughs) left to talk about, right? So Doghouse is... um, The general setup is a bunch of guys go on a sort of like bachelor's party um, to a, a tiny village, and all the zombies are women. Um, oh no, they don't. It's not even a bachelor's party. I beg my pardon. It's to help one of the guys get over a divorce. So they go to a, zomb- a village full of female zombies and they just beat the crap out of female zombies. It's probably not the best film ever made. <laughs> Sounds a bit grim. <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a weird tone, <laughs> but I mean, it's a Danny Dyer film, so right. what do you expect? Mm. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. I'm not sure. Has anyone else got any way they want to pick apart Cockneys versus Zombies anymore? The opening titles were nice. The opening titles were good. I mean, we've already said got... that. I think the choice of Monster is a bit of a dating song now because it's in most adverts on UK TV now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have some trivia for the IMDb. Go for it. 
the opening scene at the construction site was shot on the first day of filming. Wow, that's wow. so exciting. <laughs> so I don't even know how that's trivia. Do we know what the film's budget was? Can we find that out? Because I, I feel like that's how I'm going to have to aggregate my, uh, my oh, here score. We, here we go. Well, this isn't budget-wise, but the character of Ray, Ray was specifically written for Alan So, yes, we, that's, there you go, that then. was... The pension home was robbed a week before shooting the film. Lovely. How <laughs> How East End. How theme appropriate, really, considering <laughs> that they had no money to keep the thing going. Like. <laughs> it's very true. I'm trying to find a budget, but I'm really struggling. That's the unfortunate thing about smaller films. Why were in London? Why were there what? The, there was vultures. I just remembered that. Because the, the, the dead, there wasn't it was yet. London. I don't know. <laughs> there wasn't yet. There I mean, was to one... be fair, why were there zombies? Uh, you know, why was there anything in this film when we could have like stayed in and watched Shaun of the Dead? Apparently, that's the, <laughs> that's the moral of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Do you guys just want to review Shaun of the Dead now? <laughs> <laughs> it's Companies uh, versus Zombies budget two point twenty five million, which for a film like a ninety minute film is not really that much. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think compared to like your ten bedrillion dollars they use for like Transformers, and I like, think in that comparison, it's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, we like, talked about casting. Some of them have gone on to be bigger since. We talked about casting. That's pretty good. The film overall looked all right. Um, the locations were fine. So in terms of spending that budget, uh, yeah. you know, Chaz and Dave, <laughs> they did all right. I mean, they had so they obviously had a. Relevant to the time music, which would have been not cheap. They also had a relevant mm. at the time actor who was fairly big in the gangster movies, you say? Yeah. Uh, that alone is probably going to run your budget up a fair bit. And then they have like sets that are locations they've had to seal off, plus all the other actors. I can actually say they did manage their budget well, considering. Um, yeah, although their CGI is right. still crap. Right. Are we going to talk about the one zombie head with the garden shears or whatever they were? Just... Uh, I was expecting that to be more fun. Mm. It just kind of drew out. I was hoping it would just be a quick head chop off. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. His head didn't even come off. His head didn't come off, and it's on the sort of like posters and stuff like that. So you you kind of figured that that would be, yeah, a cool moment or or an ongoing thing. But no, it's just a weird moment where it sort of strangles a zombie to death. <laughs> but I mean, you might as well just actually strangled him like proper gangster movie style. <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> but Steve, you're My right. Favorite. The the the, the sort of stuff I'm where they through. Oh, sorry. Go on, I was yeah. just going to say the stuff like with the city streets and stuff where they cordon stuff off. Oh, that looked pretty good. You know, it's not like you could see a busy traffic road uh, in the distance or anything. So in terms of that, uh, yeah, they did they did well with that. They did, yeah. They captured they captured some some good like. Uh, city like zombie-esque uh, mm. footage and it wasn't shot poorly I was just looking at the goofs on IMDB and this one makes me so happy and I wish I had noticed it but it says Katie can be spotted briefly in the van sitting behind Terry just before they pick her up <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what um, happens when you just like film a bunch of stuff and then go damn we right. didn't get that shot we'll just have to use another one <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, I'm not really sure if there's anything else left to say other than sort of sum it up and give a score. It's going to be a punchy one this time. Um, but what do, I mean... Do we recommend that the people watch Cockneys vs. Zombies if they ha- already haven't? <laughs> it is the Shaun of the Dead prequel you never wanted. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, it's not. it's not really bad. It's perfectly serviceable. There it's, are worse ways to spend an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'll give you that. It's kind of funny. It has it's some really funny moments. Resident Evil flipping whatever the last two we watched were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in, 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 in comparison to those, my God. Yeah, this is, oh, uh, yeah, this this is masterwork. Is... This is f***ing BAFTA worthy. <laughs> you know? I think, yeah. That is that. That's fair. <laughs> this, unlike some of the sort of Resident Evil films that are actually genuinely a chore to watch, this is you know it's fine. Mm. I won't watch it again, but I'm not going to say a waste of my time. Yeah, this is true. If you see yeah, it for like yeah, one pound, a pound stretcher, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Do you think? It, um, it, 
do you think there was a Resident Evil reference in this? Because uh, the the big red bus is going to bow. <laughs> was that meant to be a BOW reference, or am I just reading too much into it? Bow Street is a place in London. I know it is. I looked, at it, <laughs> but I was like, is that intentional, or am I just surrounding myself with too much Resident Evil? We'll, we'll say it is, then you've got a resi fact. Right, yeah. like <laughs> the grenade in the mouth, let's say that's an homage to a remake Resident Evil. Yeah. yeah. Eight years before. Yep. <laughs> one at RE1, Steve. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you have that one, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> well, if never, do you guys have any uh, final points you want to make on this one? I'm. Were we lucky? <laughs> were, were we lucky in this choice? Do we have to go and watch Cockneys versus, uh, not Cockneys versus anything, uh, Wrestlers versus Zombies and Bigfoot versus Zombies? Did we dodge a bullet? Or do you reckon this was the best of the bunch? This this seemingly had budget of some, you know, and, and mm. wasn't horrible. you got to imagine that Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies I would have had some budget. Um... I feel like that might be worse. But I, I yeah, don't want to say it. It could be. and But this is the thing, right, in terms of actually discussing how something. How do you even do Bigfoot versus Omni? <laughs> this is the... true. This is true. I, I just feel like, out of the three, this was so fine and kind of all right that, uh, yeah, we can only talk about it. It was completely right. inoffensive. You can only yeah. talk about it for so long. Uh, whereas Bigfoot versus Zombies might have been so bad that we had to just sort of like <laughs> discuss it for three hours. I don't know. I, I was the deep happy this spiritual implications of Bigfoot versus... Say again, Adam? I said I was happy that this wasn't bad, but mm. I was also kind of sad it wasn't bad. Like, I'm not someone who, like, knows Cockney people, so to speak. <laughs> how, how well does it lean into the stereotype? Because I, I know, you know, you live a bit sadder than me, Sai. Um, I can't say I spent too much time around the East End. Um, but, yeah, you know, in terms of the actual sort of character interactions, yeah, the sort of like, everyone's insulting each other thing was a bit played up. But hmm. the conversations other than that felt, you know, decently genuine. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was written by someone who had absolutely no idea of the sort of... Yeah, of the lifestyle over there. It's not like someone in, I don't know, America watched Lockstock and went, I want to write one of them. It feels to me like the director uh, spent some time in London, at least. That's fair. I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd get someone who has a bit more context than I do, because I literally have, like, EastEnders and Dick Van Dyke, and I know one of those <laughs> is definitely not the best example of what a prop is. I was wondering if I enjoyed it more because it reminded me of kind of i mean i didn't grow up in the east and i grew up just south of, like right. 20 minutes south so i went to london a lot as a kid like it was an, like a day out kind of thing and i was wondering i was like why are, i'm enjoying this film more than i should and i feel like maybe part of it is because you know i've been in the states for about 10 years now so it's like oh it's london <laughs> <laughs> but may, maybe that's it but yeah it was Again, it was just like my granddad was an East End, so like I like he wasn't as hardcore as those guys, uh, <laughs> but he definitely had a lot of like uh, you know he he did he, a lot of Cockney talk, and it, it wasn't as abrasive, you know. Mm. Um, but it, that kind of gives me memories of him. Um, so yeah, I. Uh, I found it a very inoffensive film. It was it was not great, but it was like I say, worst worst ways you can spend an hour and a half. Yeah, I don't think we can sum it up any better than that. And I think that's a really nice warm note to end on, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing else remains for me but to thank our Patreons once again. Support the show for as little as $1 a month to help us create more bonus content like this over at patreon.com forward slash FA Spray Pod. You can also join our Discord server where you can discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans and listen to the main show live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter 
Twitter at FASpraypod, on Instagram at FASpraypod, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash FASpraypod. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review if you can. It helps spread the word. We've got a little bit of a sort of backlog of uh, bonus episodes to get through now, so this one wasn't necessarily... Uh, the high standards look forward to us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a bit of a mess, I suppose it. But we'll be talking about Dead Space next, so that should That's be going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make this hole again. Sorry. Uh, it just snuck out. I don't know where that came from. And not Dead Space Downfall, though. <laughs> oh, in comparison to Cockneys versus Zombies, this is like way better than Dead Space Downfall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Playboy people individually. I'm at Sinyak underscore one, two, three. Steve is at Firebutton Games. Adam is at Advicar zero one. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. Alright, is everybody ready, yeah? Uh, as ready quick, as quick, we quick, can quick, be. Quickest can opening ever, so I've got something to drink. I'll even give you some sweet foley. Oh, oh Steve, what's the drink of choice? What are you uh, y- on? Y- you're going to be impressed. It is a ice-flavoured KX from Tesco. <laughs> I- ice-flavoured? It's some <laughs> the energy drink, but it's it tastes like okay. water. I was going to say, ice is water. <laughs> I'll give you. Hang on. The ingredients. Where are the ingredients? There we go. I'm uh, also having an ice. 100% water, but it's just water. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has citric flavouring. Uh, okay. Esters you know, of wood. What? What the <laughs> f- am I drinking? Maybe we should do an episode on that. Inositol. <laughs> Inositol. Esters of wood rosins. Acacia gum, which I think is like a, a bit of sugar melted, basically. Mm. Um, uh, Gorana extract. I think that's probably the majority of the flavour. Uh, it tastes like Steve, ass. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. What are you doing to yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve, you were up at like seven or eight this morning. Was that pre or post sleep? Uh, that was after sleep. Oh, I you were was, up early then. You, you know, you, uh, when I said I was going to edit the video after I got in from work, I got mm. in from work and then immediately headbutted my pillow because I was just too wiped. So I got oh, up early nice, to finish everything off. Yeah. Because it's boy. the back of my mind going, Sai's going to one day Sai, you, I beat you're the shit out of me. Already. Oh, you're yeah. Recording, aren't you? I, want, <laughs> I, want, I want the people to hear about Steve's ice. That's going to be the longest, like, well, it's not the longest outtake, but it's <laughs> it's going to pad the episode. Time on this one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's already better written than. No, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> okay. We definitely will, because Let's... I feel exactly the same way. Let's get into it then. Let's get going.